Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Simon Miller here. Thank you very much for joining me as always. And what a crappy day to have to do a podcast, eh? I'm sure most of you have seen the news. If not, it'll be the title of this podcast, obviously. Always difficult when we do these shows. I've done a video for What Culture as well. Not sure it'll be up by the time this goes up. Who knows? And I know it's hard when it comes to the internet and clickbait and views. Because there is this attitude like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be talking about so-and-so because it's uh, gratuitous or it's um, using the incident to, to garner views. I don't see it that way. I would never do anything like that anyway because I don't think it's worth it. I think morals and <laughs> common decency are far more important than whatever you may be able to get out of going the other way. But, I mean, just to tie into this podcast and to the, the What Culture video I've done. Obviously, Jay Briscoe has, has passed away. Uh, one half of the Briscoe brothers or the Briscoe Tag Team, whatever you want to call them. Uh, 38 years old, car crash. We don't have any other information, so I'm not going to start speculating because I think that is terrible too. But uh, the way I see it is there's other things we can talk about, and maybe we will talk about them towards the end of the show. I think, yeah, we probably will. You know, stuff with Vince McMahon and Nick Khan and WWE and AEW, et cetera, et cetera. But if I did a podcast today just called, oh, the Royal Rumble's coming, won't it be great? I mean, nobody would listen anyway because that's a terrible title. But I just think it's doing a disservice to the situation. How, if you're a wrestling fan, how can you talk about anything else today? How can you want to talk about anything else today? How could you, I mean, you should do it in order to, you know, keep your spirits up and to keep smiling. But to ignore it, especially if you're in a position like myself, I think would just be absolutely terrible. I mean, especially because, I mean, that's just part of the gig. If you want to break it right down to, to those levels too. You report everything. We talk about everything. And I don't see myself as a journalist. I'm just a bald idiot that talks about professional wrestling. But you don't get to pick and choose. I'd rather not talk about this in the sense that I'd rather it didn't have happened. You know, I don't, I don't want this to happen. But when it does go down, yeah, I think it would be massively uh, irresponsible to not mention it. And I, although saying that, I don't really know what much else there is to say about it in terms of outside of the, of the news itself. It's just, there's no words to really describe what's going on apart from to say of course thoughts with his friends and family obviously mark can't even imagine what he's going through and his kids and you know whoever else may be affiliated with this that's something i worry about too i don't want to take away anybody's grief because i'm certainly affected as a fan and i was lucky enough to interview both the briscoes back in 2018 over all in weekend and i think phil uh, you know good old phil from what culture has tweeted out that video and i retweeted it and it really was i mean i, I don't i remember walking away uh laughing and i remember they rinsed me good and proper but i didn't remember their sort of specifics and i went back and watched it and half of it is about breakfast but they really both of them just there's a there's a real manic crazy energy to those guys uh but they were they were really really nice and they were really really kind and they genuinely cared which i always appreciate and let's not take away from i keep saying they just because the majority of jay's career was a tag team but you know as a pairing the matches they've had. I mean, the ones that I went back to to get today, and I am repeating myself here, but all the ones I had with Colt Cabana and CM Punk, they were some of the earliest stuff that I saw outside of the WWE bubble. The Motor City Machine Guns, uh, El Generico and Kevin Owens, and of course, the series with FTR last year. I mean, it's kind of poignant when you look at it that way, because you could likely argue not only were they some of the best matches of 2022, 
I think that third dog collar match has to be in the conversation. But they were probably some of the best matches that Briscoe's ever had. And that's not because they hadn't already been on that level. They they just found, you know, they found that the, the new heights, they, they raised their own bar. And that match actually got spoiled for me because I, I, was, I, was, I was 48 hours late with the Ring of Honor. Was it Final Battle pay-per-view? I can't remember which one it was now, but I was 48 hours late with it because I was away and I had um, technical issues. And it wasn't, it wasn't technical issues at all. It was flight. I got my, the, the time of my flight wrong. So by the time I sat down to watch that show, people had told me, oh, Miller, this match is going to blow your mind. You're not going to believe it. So, you know, naturally, my, my expectation was raised. And even then, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. You know, it was absolutely crazy. I think that's the match that Dax Harwood broke his ass in. I mean, you would break your ass in that. Because that was my favorite thing about the Briscoes, is they had this frenzied chaos to them, this, you know, unhinged uh, way or personality. But actually, it was all thought out beforehand. You know, it was all the usual wrestling plan. They just had a way of making things feel like they were totally out of control. And like something bad could happen. So you're always on your, on your edge of your seat, like you were watching a movie. And yes, you know, I've already seen it all over social media. The, homo, the homophobic comments are going to come up. I say this on my What Culture video, and I'll say it here as well. I don't believe I get much of a say in that because, again, I'm a bald, white-headed, straight guy. And I think you really need to talk to people within those communities to, to get an impression of how they feel. But I do have wrestlers who are very, very high up that I'm very blessed to have relationships with uh, who, who do not fit in any of the categories I've just talked about in the sense they're not white, they're not bald, and they're not straight. And, you know, each and every one of them has said that, you know, Jay, that you couldn't have met someone... Uh, more apologetic, more sorry, more remorseful, and more, you know, happy to go out of the way to educate himself and teach himself why what he said was wrong than 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 Jay Briscoe. And when you hear that, and it's it's my own personal philosophy on life too. We're all going to make mistakes, and words do hurt. There's no two ways about it. Words can really hurt. You know, as a Jewish man, I've had certain things you know said to me. Um, but if certain you know if somebody went away and we had a chat with them, and I could genuinely tell that they had grown and evolved from what they thought before, then I think you do have to move on. And I don't think you can hold people to account for something they've said as long as they have proven that they... Otherwise, we're never going to be able to move forward as a society either. I don't want to get too off track here. But again, it's always this was always going to be the conversation that came up because it's just the way when people do pass away. I still think we should be having it today. I kind of feel bad that I am having it. However, if I don't, I know that people will tweet me going, oh, I can't believe you didn't talk about this. You're terrible. And I don't, I don't want that either. But yeah, you know, all the all the evidence that's out there is that he really did go out of his way to, you know, apologize to people and realize, oh man, I, I shouldn't have said that. And that's, you know, that's what life is all about. You make mistakes, you drop the ball, and you have to have the, uh, wherewith, the wherewithal and the intelligence to look inward and make sure you become a better person the other side. And I mean, just go look at all the stories from Sami Zayn, from Seth Rollins, uh, Colt Cabana was talking about it. I mean, there's a bunch of people, especially from that Ring of Honor era, who all said, you know, without Jay Briscoe and, and Mark Briscoe too, but without the Briscoes, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't have been able to learn this. And then even sort of on a lesser level, you see uh, independent wrestlers that have somewhat of a name saying, oh, I had this show and Jay Briscoe looked out for me. And I did this and Jay Briscoe gave me this advice and he treated me really well in the locker room. And that's what you want. Trust me, I've been in locker rooms. Not everybody is like that, especially somebody, you know, there's varying levels of success in wrestling, but J.E. Briscoe absolutely had, uh, you know, a higher success than most. I mean, he's been doing this for 20 odd years. He's got a name for himself. Hardcore fans are very aware, very well aware, you know, in, in multiple discussions for match of the years. 
match of the year thread sort of over the years too. That doesn't happen to every wrestler. I'm not going to be, I'm never going to be involved in that. And I'm totally cool with it. So it is just horrible, disheartening news. And I don't, I, get, I know I'm repeating myself now, but I don't really know what else we, we, we can talk about in, in relation to it. Other than to say, go out there today, you know, watch your favorite Briscoes match, search for, you know, best Briscoes matches and check them out. I promise you, if they're in a list like that to begin with, and most Briscoes matches anyway, but if they're in a list like that to begin with, you will be, you will be blown away if you're into that style of wrestling. But make sure you go see those promos that he did as well. They're probably an underrated um, facet of his game. Again, had that absolute manic quality to them. And you're like, man, this, this guy's going to kill him. But, you know, that kind of made it more real, I suppose, or it allowed you to buy in uh, to a certain extent. So, again, I'm sure more information will come out as the weeks and, and, and months go on. And it does feel very similar to the Brody Lee situation. Like, I woke up and I saw it on my, on my phone this morning, always on Twitter, and they always go to the Wrestling Observer or Fightful or a website like that to get confirmation because, you know, while they, you know, while everyone makes um, errors along the way, their reporting I usually find to be very, very good. And then you see it there and you read it. And again, much like the Brody Lee stuff, you kind of shake your head. You're like, I'm not really 100% sure how this has happened, especially I think Brody Lee was, you know, similar age, late, late 30s, maybe early 40s. And the only other thing I am going to say, and, you know, please do roll your eyes and say, oh, Simon's being a Hallmark card again, <laughs> which I which I do um, have a tendency to do. But let's hope that we can just use this as a, as a reminder of what's important in life. And let's not try and get bogged down with the small things. And let's, you know, let's try not to argue about resting as much as we do. I mean, me saying this isn't going to change a damn thing. Nobody cares what I think about this, which I totally, I totally understand. I am no, uh, you know, I am no... I can't think of the right word, but, you know, sort of super huge influencer that can stop the, the madness in wrestling. But I, I do hope at least we can change a couple of people's minds because wrestling is important. Of course, we all love it, but it's the most important of the not important things. Nothing is more important than your health, your happiness and your life. It's just because what do you have without that? You have nothing. You, you truly, truly don't. So absolutely, you know, an, an incredible performer, genuinely an incredible performer and as the internet always seems to do with these kind of things, there is a video going around from, I believe, the pandemic, forgive me if I'm wrong, of uh, Jay Briscoe doing a, a dance with her daughter. I believe she was a cheerleader and he was just kind of getting involved and they filmed it, probably put it on TikTok, Instagram, you know, Twitter, you know the deal. And when you see that, again, it kind of reminds you what's important here because, again, we're going down that path, but, you know, the child you know children have lost their dad i'm not sure if he was married or not but either way you know your wife lost his husband parents lost a kid i don't know i don't know it's been a it's been a wild ride in 2023 for, for professional wrestling i'm not saying there's been no good there's been lots of good you know especially when it comes to a, a tv product perspective but i know all the stuff with and it's night and day obviously but obviously the stuff with vince mcmahon feels uh, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it, it just feels like a lot. Sometimes you kind of think to yourself, I just want to enjoy my wrestling and I can't because there's so much news going on. And then you read something like, like this and it kind of takes you the other way. You're like, you know what? That's exactly how we have to keep enjoying wrestling for what it is. It's a distraction. It's a way to entertain yourself. It's some fun. So on and so forth. So again, just to wrap up, thoughts and um, positive whatever feelings. With everyone that is close to this situation... I'm not sure anybody can ever get over that. Again, I don't want to steer off down that path to, to too much of a degree. But yeah, horrible, horrible news. Uh, may he rest in peace, I suppose, is the respectful thing to say. And let's try and keep the memory alive by yeah by watching the matches and uh, 
Much like we do, we do with Brody Lee. I hope uh, one of the companies, be it a Ring of Honor or whoever, has some kind of tribute or some kind of match that we can do once a year. It's why I think it's um, nice that you know we always have these Brody Lee mentions on Elite Wrestling because I get it. We have to as human beings. We have to move forward, and we have to. We can't live in the in the melancholy or the misery because we drive ourselves crazy. It's like you know, think of all the wars that are going on in the world. You have to forget them at some point even though you, we need to be aware of them simultaneously. But if you did do that, you just wouldn't be able to get on with your day. How could you? But every now and then you do need that reminder to, again, just so we, so we do not forget it. And do not forgetting is the most important and sometimes the most difficult thing because it's easier. It's easier to forget. So, yeah, I'm just waffling now, but <clears throat> excuse me, still fighting this cold. But I'm waffling now, but it's, it's a very, very you know, interesting position to be in. I never want to be sat here behind a microphone talking about anyone that's passed away, but let alone someone in a tragic car accident where they didn't even get to 40 years old. I mean, you just would never have thought it, would you? You never would have thought it, especially with all the plaudits that were headed their way at the end of last year. Anyway, um, I'll leave it there. If you do have anything to say and there's any you know way to comment or send me a tweet or whatever, just do it and we can talk about it. It's good to chat about this stuff. But now I think we can just, let's just move on. And yeah, we'll, we'll get some wrestling news and we can we can discuss that. And I suppose it kind of ties back into what we just said. The biggest the biggest thing that's happened recently and yesterday, I think, as I'm recording this 17th of January, today's the 18th, that Vince McMahon now has total control of WWE again, which is somewhat, somewhat mad. Again, I'm not very good with this stuff. I'm not going to pretend I understand legalese or or corporate America. But he's basically signed some sort of or amend, addendum, whatever that word is. Or he's filed some sort of um, whatever it would be. The states now that he can make any decisions without the board's control. Now, it begs the question, what's the point of a board? <laughs> I thought the whole point of a board was you didn't get this kind of a thing. But what do I know? Absolutely nothing. And it seems, obviously, Triple H has been doing meetings before Raw and SmackDown where he's told everyone, you know, I'm in charge of creative. Vince defers to me, but we do have conversations. And that, to me, probably sums up in which direction we are going to head, because we certainly weren't having those conversations two months ago or even a month ago. I can't remember when Vince McMahon made his big play for power. It probably was about a month ago, so let's say six weeks ago. You know, that wasn't, um, that wasn't on the agenda. And I just think that now that he has come back and now he's realized that he can uh, wait it out, I suppose, which you know brings with its own issues and its own discussion points. I don't understand why he wouldn't just go back into doing what he was doing. Because do not forget, while we had six months of no Vince McMahon WWE, we had 40 years of Vince McMahon WWE, or however long it may have been. So, you know, he's back in the office. He's back, you know, executive chairman of the board. He's now got total power over selling rights and whatever we're going to do with that. And yeah, he will eventually, I would imagine, be back in charge of creative. It wouldn't surprise me if he's at the Royal Rumble or even Raw 30, which is happening next week. And after that, if all of a sudden we hear that, you know, Vince McMahon has his fingers in the creative pie, that's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to call it a good thing or a bad thing. I don't want to be that negative today, but I am going to say that I, I was very excited about Triple H around WWE. I think he deserved more time. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get, you know, disproven of all of this. And he is given a good whack of the stick because while WWE isn't massively different, you know, it still has its WWE feel. It was just a small things. Matches felt different. We had longer matches. We had different styles of matches. We didn't just drop storylines. People are allowed to have prolonged pushes. I mean, look at Gunther, for example. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, all the rumors at the time when Vincent Mann was uh, sort of the last few weeks in charge were saying that he didn't think much of Gunther. He was going to get rid of him. And you're like, are you kidding me? Gunther is like, <laughs> he's amazing. How could you not want to push that guy? And how could you not want to create what we are creating? And the rumor now is apparently it could be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which I would mind. I actually quite like that. But I think that, 
you know, if we, do, if we could do the Brock Lesnar-Gunther match at some point, I think that would be absolutely awesome. I think it would be a, a great match that people, uh, people will think about all the time. So, I don't know. It's going to be a real interesting few weeks for WWE, though. I do think we'll, we'll get through the Royal Rumble without any issues. But then... It's all up in the year, up in the air, and the speed that it's happened is absolutely crazy. I can't, I can't believe <laughs> that we're here, to be honest, because it happened so quick. Like one day I went to bed and everything was fine. I woke up the next day and everything had changed, and I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, well, we're doing this now, are we?" But we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Again, given the uh, the headline news of today, I'm not going to worry about it too much. I mean, the thing you do should worry about it because absolutely, the you know the reasons that Vincent Man got kicked out the door to begin with is you know bad I can't, I can't think of how else to say it. it's bad and it should not be allowed to it shouldn't be allowed to go down like this but in terms of what could happen to wwe creative who gives a flub right i it, of course it's important because it's something that we love and we want to see uh grow and i think the most interesting conversation was the saudi arabia stuff because from nowhere everyone decided oh it's definitely going to go to saudi arabia and just to note if you're not a journalist you're allowed to believe these reports I find it absolutely crazy that um, people, you know, oh, I can't believe they're being bought by Saudi Arabia. And then people jump on them. Oh, I can't believe you're reacting. We live in a reactive world. It's happening all the time. Like, if you are a proper journalist and you report it, then, yeah, it's a bit like, I uh, probably shouldn't have done that. But you're allowed to talk about it as a fan. So, you know, but we, 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 that's why I talked about it on what culture. That was the conversation of the day. So we did talk about it. And we used words like allegedly rumors. I think that's important as too. So it's just... I don't even know what I'm trying to. I don't even know I'm trying to get at here. But if a company sells to Saudi Arabia, I, it just brings up so many controversial issues, and especially if all of a sudden we, the company, trying to get this right, but the company goes private because they have enough money to do that, and you just put Vince McMahon in total charge. That just feels like a step backwards to me. It's one thing doing, you know, Crown Jewel or whatever the hell the other one's called, Superstar Showdown, I don't remember now, but whatever. You know, the Saudi Arabia shows, they're absolutely things that you don't want to see in that regard. But because they happen twice a year, I suppose we just shrug our shoulders. And I know a lot of people don't watch them, and more power to you. We had that conversation of what culture before I did the ups and downs, and I was like, well, no, the idea is we have to review every show, and on every one of those shows, we make sure that we underline. Well, this ain't great, is it? It's a little bit wishy-washy. But the fact that that had so much speed, and it had, there's no smoke without fire, right? excuse me there's no smoke without fire damn this cough and so something must have happened with that and Vince McMahon must have had conversations with them and Vince McMahon must have had conversations with everyone he must have chatted to USA he must have chatted to NBC Disney I don't know who else or him and Nick Khan must have done it because otherwise you wouldn't bring him back because if you bring him back and you tank the stock price you're going to get sued I mean he's getting sued anyway in certain regions for other things when it comes to pensions etc but you can't you, you just can't do that. The whole company would collapse. And given now, there's what I find hilarious is for years, oh my gosh, the next round of TV deals for AEW and WWE is going to be massive. And the last two weeks, I don't know if it's true or not, there's all of a sudden changed to, oh no, they're not going to be that big at all. You're like, what? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand what happened. But if that is the case, and all of a sudden we're not going to be able to get these, how much, I think it was a billion dollars each, right, for SmackDown and Raw. So that's $2 billion over four years or whatever, which is a huge amount of money. If they're not also going to get that, then yes, you have to ask, well, what happens if a company does buy them outright? What, where's the money coming from? And again, I think, you know, this has been discussed by, by, by much smarter people than I. But yeah, like if you are making all your money from TV rights and then you lose your TV rights... <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand where you're making your money because 
They are doing better live. You know, the Royal Rumble's just made more money than ever Royal Rumble ever, which is awesome. Same with WrestleMania. They've already sold out both shows. Well over 100,000 tickets over, uh, cumulatively over both nights. So that is there. But I don't think it's going to make up the amount of money that you, um, that you get from a TV deal. So there's so many questions with WWE going into this year in 2024. And it sounds like they want the deal done by the summer because, of course, in the end of the year, Q4, is when you have to start discussing the new TV deal. So if you are into the business end of professional wrestling, you are probably going to love all this because it's just going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. In more silly news, absolutely awesome to see Santina Morella back on Impact Television. Just turned out that his uh, trademark had expired to so Scott Demore, who runs Impact. I was like, all right, well, we'll buy it. You're allowed to do that. It's as simple as that. I don't think WWE is going to mind. They probably just looked at it and thought, well, we, you know, they're not working with him anymore. We don't need to keep it. And I like that kind of a stuff. Like the coolest thing when Cody Rhodes jumped is that he was AEW's Cody Rhodes. It still would have been awesome anyway, but that made it special. And that made it one of those moments in time. So Santina Morella being able to come back as Santina Morella is instead of, you know, Santi Mal. <laughs> I'll be Santi Mal or something like that. I think it was really cool. And I like the character so much. I think I'm probably going to watch that show every single week. Nah, it's not true. I haven't got time. Like I, I try and watch it anyway. I really like Impact. It's really good. And what I usually do is uh, sort of just sit down and, and, and binge it while I'm kind of doing some, some work or something. And I can have it on in the background. And to be honest, that's probably why I, what I am going to keep doing. <laughs> so what I've just said was an absolute waste of breath. But I, I like stuff like that. And Impact right now is, 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 is a, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. I think it's enjoyable. Otherwise, we are heading towards the Royal Rumble. As we've discussed, Cody Rhodes has declared that he's going to be in the thing, as is a bunch of others. And look, if The Rock isn't winning it, and I have no reason to believe The Rock is going to be at that show, I think, you know, WWE said you'd have to decide by now. And I think there would be more, as in, you know, middle of January. And I think there would be more teasing if they thought he was going to come in, because why the hell wouldn't you do that? That's easy money. Easy money right there. Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't give it to Cody Rhodes. Don't worry about if The Rock can make it to WrestleMania. That's neither here nor there. Give it to Cody Rhodes and start building Cody Rhodes. He should be the guy. Because he's mid to late 30s. I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely not older than that. He may even be a bit younger. So you have a huge upside with him. And he could almost be, I just mean in the terms of how you treat their pushes, he could almost be the next Brock Lesnar. In the sense that Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. We're like, oh no, I can't believe he did that. Which I get, there's certainly an argument to it. But look what we've done. We're coming up to WrestleMania 40, so it's been a decade, and Brock Lesnar is still treated as the end-of-level boss. He's the beast. He's a main event. He's a superstar. And he was always going to be that way, but the win over The Undertaker, they rode that all the way to town. So it did work. We did use The Undertaker's streak to create another star. It just happened to be someone that was already a main eventer. I don't 100% think I'm too against that. Because if we had given it to somebody who was unproven, maybe it wouldn't have had the same connection. And it's the same with Cody Rhodes. People love Cody Rhodes. And the story that Cody Rhodes has done of going out there and starting AEW, then coming back to WWE because he always wants to be treated in a certain way and he wants to be the champion. Now it's going to happen. If you then top that off, but he does win the belt, and he does beat Roman Reigns after two years or whatever it is. I think that's perfect. And in fact, I think the only reason not to do it is if The Rock is indeed going to be at WrestleMania. Just because I can't see a world where you do The Rock versus Roman Reigns on uh, WrestleMania Night 1, and then you do Cody versus Roman WrestleMania Night 2. Because if Cody's going to win the belt, you'd have to do The Rock Night 1. And I do not believe that Dwayne Johnson is coming back. We've talked about it before on the podcast to you know lose to Roman Reigns only for Cody to then beat him. Because that doesn't serve The Rock. I don't mean that in a bad way. Of course, he's going to want it to tie it to his brand and his movies, etc., etc. And, you know, while him losing to Roman Reigns is fine, I don't think if, you know, then Roman then loses within 24 hours. It, I just don't think you do it. Just my personal opinion. And, of course, it also ties into the fact that there's rumors that maybe we're going to split up the titles. I mean, we've started teasing that with 
the uh, tag team titles, which has been really weird. From nowhere, we've got the Judgment Day as Raw tag team titles, number one contenders, and we've got the tournament to decide the SmackDown ones. It could be, uh, you know, the, the, the Viking Raiders, or it could be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. So that's a little bit strange. And I, I, I mean, I absolutely would not break them up until Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win them. Unless we're going to do something with Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns or Sami or Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, obviously the Royal Rumble. But I don't think either of them are going to win a championship. But yeah, they're, 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 there's this rumor that keeps going around that it could be, I can't remember the match now, but it's like Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, maybe versus a Kevin Owens or somebody like that. Or, or no, Cody Rhodes. I think it was Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre versus, I can't remember. But the, people keep saying that they're going to break up the titles and that we're going to have a Raw championship match and a SmackDown championship match or a universal title match. At, uh, at WrestleMania. But if that is the case, I think you need to put Roman in that match. You just don't beat him. So let's say you did Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre versus the Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. In fact, it's perfect. And I think, didn't someone mention this in a, in, a, in a question last week? But that's the way to do it. You then have Cody pin Seth, and you can continue that feud, but Cody is the champion. He's technically beaten Roman Reigns, and he hasn't. Then you can do the Rock match on night two. Although, but then who the hell beats the Roman Reigns? I don't know. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's just how I'll leave you with it. It's uh, it's an absolute mess, and I have absolutely no idea, uh, no idea what's going on. But I do think Cody Rhodes are in the Royal Rumble. And I do think Cody Rhodes should then use that to um, move on to become the champion. I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Roman ain't going to be around for you know much longer in a full time capacity. He's already this year or last year had a schedule down to a part timer. I do believe The Rock's next match is his last match. So he never has one. Obviously, he's already done. Um, and I think you need to focus on the future. And it ties into the Brock Lesnar stuff that we just uh, that we just mentioned. So we'll have to wait and see. I think it's going to be interesting. The Vince McMahon potential, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Super kick aside. If we do continue on with the way that I think we that we should, I think the Rumble's already going to be good. I think the Montreal show, the Elimination Chamber is going to be good. I think WrestleMania is going to be great. It's the first time I'm actually happy they've got two nights. I always think it should be one night and just keep it to four hours. We did it for 25, 30 years, whatever it was. I don't see why we can't, um, why we can't keep doing it. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good and there's a lot to be, to be excited about, especially when it comes to the Royal Rumble itself, because there's so many people that could come back. A Chelsea Green, for example, she has apparently, you know, she's rumored to have signed with WWE, so I would have her come back then. It could be the same with Naomi. So there's two people you can program into WrestleMania as well. On the men's side, um, you know, who knows who's going to come back? Like Killian Dane, Big Damo, somebody mentioned him. And don't forget, apparently Eric Young has been signed by WWE. We don't know. Nikki Cross is already headed back to a sanity gimmick. So maybe put Alexander Wolfe in the thing as well. And you do sanity, put them back on the main roster. They never had a, you know, they never had a shot before. And I'm a big fan of stables. I don't think you can have too many stables on TV. Well, obviously you can. But I think that there's a line there. So... You know, I, I hope that there are a bunch of, of cool surprises. I mean, a Kylie Ray could be there, right? She, she was on main event a few weeks ago. I don't, I don't think she did sign, but you absolutely could put them in there. It's the women's one I'm more interested in because there's four people so far. Unless that's changed. Let me look it up right now. Oh, no, I pushed the wrong button and my computer went weird. 2023 Raw Rumble. I'm pretty sure there is, <coughs> excuse me, four women. Yeah, Liv Morgan, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, and Raquel Rodriguez. Now, I actually think Rhea Ripley should win the thing, go on to WrestleMania, probably be a Charlotte or Bianca Belair for the title. Although I'm now convinced that Alexa Bliss is going to win the championship at the Royal Rumble because um, I, don't, I don't see how you can be aligned with Uncle Howdy and align with that group and then not do it. That doesn't make any sense to me. But we'll see. I would still it, it, That kind of does work too because then Rhea Ripley can win the Royal Rumble and go after Charlotte, who of course is on SmackDown. She'll be taking on Sonya Deville, I presume, at the Rumble, if not before. 
Although I suppose for the men's one, we've only got Kofi Kingston, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Gunther, Cody Rhodes, and Omos. So what's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So we still have, you know, 90 positions there. We need, we need all the women. It's going to be interesting, but I do think the Royal Rumble is going to be good. What matches do we have announced for that? We've got, of course, we've got the Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. And as of me talking, we have no idea what a pitch black match is. I heard on Wrestling Observer Radio the other day, Dave Meltzer was like, well, maybe it's a phone where the lights are out, but everybody holds their phone lights up. And I was like, yeah, do that. That sounds cool. The problem is wrestling fans are born to be trolls and they'll turn off the lights. <laughs> but I'm sure they'll have a backup for that. But I don't mind it as long as it's not like the zombie match. I don't mind advertise or license matches, whatever. Who cares? You want to make some money? I don't give a damn. Just give me something that's cool. So... The thing with the zombies, when the Miz got eaten by a zombie, and we still don't know whether zombies are canon within WWE and why he didn't turn into a zombie, and if so, it was just someone biting him, so he didn't need to react how he did do. I don't want to do anything like that. The focus should be on the match and just have some Mountain Dew, you know, advertising or commercial stuff around the place. That's cool. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, because we do have to get the Uncle Howdy reveal soon. I'm convinced Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas, and I want it to be Bo Dallas. Well, I liked Bo Dallas. I thought the Bo Leave gimmick was never given the the the, um, the room it needed to on the main roster, and it was so good in NXT. So why not? But who else? Who do you want it to be? Tatanka? Doink the Clown? You always see this one. I don't want it to be Bo Dallas. Who do you want? Goldberg? No, you don't. Also, Goldberg ain't going to be Uncle Howdy. I like Bo Dallas. I think it ties into the story. I just think we have to be patient with it. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I would love Kevin Owens for win that, but I don't believe that he will. Um, by that point, I do think Sami Zayn will be teetering on the edge. That storyline continues to be great. We haven't really talked about Raw this show. Um, I liked Raw. A lot of people thought it was a, as a dead duck show. I didn't think that at all. I thought they got some really good momentum going towards the Rumble. And I like the fact that the Judgment Day, you know, are getting there. Due finally. The Usos are always good. Kevin Owens is always good. Sami Zayn wasn't on the thing. And the main event I thought was great. I'm going to miss someone out here because I keep doing it. But Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, The Miz, and Finn Balor. I remembered them all for the number one contendership. I mean, it makes no sense why some of those people were in that match. I don't know. But I love that. I love the fact it ties into the Hurt Business. I think that Austin Theory should lose the US Championship next week to Bobby Lashley when the Hurt Business realigns. Because if you are going to go heel and you're going to get that faction back, it goes to show straight away, oh, that's why he did it. Because he was able to be more successful than he had been. You're going to have to explain the Omos thing, but I suppose he did help him during that match. So yeah, I, I think all of that works out quite well. And maybe we do Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the US Championship at WrestleMania. I can't see that happening, but you never know. And then yeah, Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss. I think Alexa's going to win. And if she doesn't win, it's because there's going to be some mad stuff with Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt and who knows what else. I would actually probably have that as the night as you reveal who, who, who Uncle Howdy is. Let him help Alexa Bliss win. It's kind of almost the same as the Hurt Business storyline, which is why I'm not hired by creative. But then, um, yeah, and, and then he aligns with her. And then I presume we're probably going to do Uncle Howdy versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And then Uncle Howdy wins there. And then we can, you know, we can move back into that faction as well and it's another faction again there's three factions i want hurt business sanity and whatever white's going to call himself i like all of that i really really do i don't have um i don't have a problem with it and i think that's pretty much it i don't think anything else that's been going on uh actually there was an interesting quote by nick khan when he was talking about his role as ceo some people thought that because he una he was part of the unanimous board decision to vote against vince there'd be some bad blood no way man if you want to listen to the bill simmons podcast and hear nick khan talk about vince mcmahon that guy knows what he's doing he's saying all the right things yeah, it, it, there's not going to be any kind of uh, power power play in that sense. Uh, that's pretty much all the all the news. Simply because um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the Jay Briscoe stuff, as it should have done, 
uh, took over. Is that the right word? I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, I did ask for some questions on my Twitter at Simon316. Shout out to the patrons as well. Patreon.com for Simon316. I said last week, no more mucking around. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. It's your money. But uh, that's what funds this podcast. I make no money from it. So if you do like the podcast, you want to put a dollar in the mix, that would be greatly appreciated. But yes, let's answer some questions and try and finish on a more exciting note. And we start with <laughs> Gilligan, who I definitely don't know and definitely isn't my friend, who says, where can I get your awesome pro wrestling t-shirt? That's a great question, Gilligan. If you would like to get a warm and fuzzy in my Tum Tum t-shirt, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment t-shirt, the hardest part of the ring t-shirt, goofy wrestling for life t-shirt, there's another one as well. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, you're going to have to go look it up at prowrestlingtees.com for us. That's Simon Miller. That's right. I've entered a partnership with them. And basically, all my dumb catchphrases that I say on ups and downs <coughs> are slowly coming to that website. And genuinely, everyone that does buy a t-shirt, it really does help me very, very much. I think they're funny. They tickled me. So hopefully, they will tickle you as well. So yeah, you can check them out. And yeah, I would advise everyone goes and gets one right now. Thank you, my friend. Phoenix says, what practices or improvements do you wish would become standard across promotions? Um, I don't, I mean, look, male and female locker rooms, but I pretty much think that does happen now. I mean, paying the talent before the show, I think that's good. Making sure you've agreed expensive before the show, that is good. I think just, this isn't fair, because I think most companies, especially I work for, are very professional. But yeah, just more professional nature. Sometimes wrestling can still be a little bit, you know, here, there and everywhere, which I do understand. But anytime you work with the promotions are super duper professional and they send you out information and you have everything agreed beforehand, it just makes it easier all around. Because it's never easy to ask for money, etc. So, yeah, and I think even an indie shows an awareness about concussions and that we don't have to smash each other in the head with chairs. You still see that a lot on indie shows. And I just don't want anyone to get hurt. But maybe I'm being an absolute moron, right? Who knows? Kieran says, what do you think to an all-or-nothing style show giving a season's view of the inside of a wrestling promotion? Could be something like that already out there. I've not seen it. Well, I think that's AEW doing at the moment. AEW has some kind of um, reality show in the works. And as far as I know, it's going to be like that. But yeah, look, I love that kind of content. My favorite wrestling content is always, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. I think that's one of the reasons that we all get into it in the way that we do. You know, when you kind of learn about the inner workings, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. This is so amazing. I can't believe all the nut stuff that happens uh, that happens backstage. So um, yeah, I, I, I think that could be what AEW is doing, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we haven't heard anything about that for a while, so I don't know. Ryan says, if you had to come up with a new style stipulation for a match, I can do whatever you want it to be. Oh, if I had to, what would I do for a new style match? Well, actually, I'm stealing this from somebody the other day. Shout out to Kapow Wrestling and SWF. Go and check them out. I had a great time working for the weekend. But they suggested a reverse cage match. Now, we all know that TNA did the reverse battle roll, and that was stupid. But I quite like the idea of a reverse cage match because, of course, you have an obstacle there. You have to try and get in the cage. So, again, if anyone does that, it's Kapow's idea and SWF's. And they've totally smashed it. And I think they should do it, and it's going to be awesome. Also, which Ninja Turtle would win in a four-way cage? Well, Michelangelo, just because he was always my favorite. Ashley says, if the Saudi group buys WWE, what are the chances of Mania 40 being held in Riyadh? I would say probably pretty high, right? That's why they're doing it. That's why the boxing matches go out to that part of the world. They are not doing it for fun, and they're not doing it to be nice. Maybe not WrestleMania 40, but 41, 42, 43, 44, absolutely one of them. I think it would happen quite quick. Rob Atkinson says, which surprise Royal Rumble entrant would you pop? Sorry, which surprise Royal, Emperor, uh, Royal Rumble entrant would pop you the most in both the men's and women's matches? Well, the men's is New Day. New Day. It's because of the question about the New Day down there. It was Repo Man. People laugh about that. No, it's true. That would send me absolutely bonkers. And in terms of the women, 
Who would I love to see? Like a Jordine Grace, that would be cool. So I just think that'd be absolutely badass. Or someone like a Thunder Rosa. I mean, she can't do that for the record, but obviously she's my pal. So <laughs> I'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen before anybody goes crazy. Who else out there that's actually a free agent? Mickey James is always good because she's awesome. I mean, the Trishes and the Leaders are good, but we've seen that so many times. It is diminishing returns. The same on the men's side. Maybe an Alundra Blaze. I think that'd be quite cool. Has she ever been in the Rumble? She probably has. Irwin says, if you could book a match right now with wrestlers from any company, who would it be and what stipulation would you add to it? I think it probably would be Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. You know, top star in a, or at least one of the top stars in AEW that you would never assume to take on Roman Reigns, who of course is the top star in WWE. And I, ju I just wanted it at WrestleMania in a singles match. I don't think you need any stipulations for that. I would just love to see it because the build, the programming, the promos, it would be so surreal and it would be awesome. Uh, Snickers says, who is the best opponent you faced thus far and why? Sending positivity. I'm not going to answer that. I do appreciate that question, but there's been so many good ones and I don't want to leave anybody out because if they do listen to this, they'll be like, why didn't they mention me? And maybe I've just forgotten, but I've been very blessed to wrestle a lot of good people and long that may that continue. I'm really enjoying wrestling at the moment and I need to get more bookings in 2023. So let's throw that out there uh, as well. No matter where you live, tweet me at Simon316. Give me a follow as well. Same on Instagram. What wrestling promotions are near you? I mean, I'm going to do this anyway, but, you know, let's get all the help we can. Where should I wrestle in 2023? Because I would like to do a lot of it. Ultra Salty Dan says, if you could have a fatal four-way match from any promotion, these all questions are all the same. At any wrestling era, what four people would you put in that match? Also a women's version. So a fatal four-way. Well, I mean, Steve Austin. These are all my favorites, basically. But I'm going to mix it up again. Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, and Miro. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so weird. And as for women, I would do I would do Trish Stratus. I'm a big fan of Trish Stratus. I would do Becky Lynch. I would probably do I don't want to miss anybody out. That's the problem here. Who else would I do? I can't even remember who I put in now already. Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch. Come on, brain. Come up with someone really, really interesting. Oscar. I love Oscar. She's awesome. But I want someone from the past who always smashed it. Paul Nakano. There you go. <laughs> what a four-way that would be. Kerr says, who do you think will stand out in 2023? Who do I think will stand out with 2023? I think Will Ospreay will. I think he'll reach another level. I think that MJF is going to have an incredible year. I think Adam Cole is going to have an incredible year. If we allow Baron Corbin to get some of his old NXT attributes back, I think he will smash it. I think everything is placed. I do like the relationship with JBL. I just think it needs a bit of a, a, bit of a tweak. And I also believe, given what the plan could be, that Darby Allen will smash it this year as well. And Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega is going to have some bangers this year that we're not even expecting, and it's going to be pretty good. Chris says, should WWE bring back intergender matches to allow big stars to clash, or do you think it's undermining the women's belts? No, if it undermines the women's belts, it undermines, undermines the men's belts. Look, my, my thing with intergender wrestling is this. Do I think it should exist? Yes, as long as everybody in the match wants to do it. That's it. If WWE doesn't want to do it, cool. If AEW doesn't want to do it, cool. If Impact does want to do it, cool. If three wrestlers in a match want to do it, cool. That's how it should be. I don't see why women and men, you know, can't do simu simulated fighting. I've actually, I've only ever had one. If I'm forgetting anything here, I do, do forgive me. But I think I've only had one intergender match and it was a tag match. And I had a great time. The best spot of that match for me is when we all did our big move, big move, big move, big move at the end. And the last one was... Uh, 
So I don't want. I don't want to drop names in case people don't want me to. <laughs> don't want me to drop names. I just call her Ria. People know who it is. And then Ria gave me an exploded suplex, and everyone went crazy. And I lay there on the floor. It's awesome. It's great because that's what you want. You want a reaction. So <clears throat> I'd like to do more of it. As long as every, again, it's all about consent. As long as everybody's cool and nobody feels forced into a corner, it's absolutely fine. Spicy says, where do you think WWE and AEW will be in five years, given current sales metrics? Well, given that back five years ago, which would have been 2018. People all like doom and gloom, and now they're making more money than ever. I'd imagine by 2028 or 9, they'll still be making loads of money. I think they're going to be fine. And I really do hope AEW is still in business and WWE, because the more wrestling companies, the better. I see these dialogues going on on social media. I'm like, why do people want companies to die? Do you know how much that would suck? It would really, really suck. Uh, 1337 says, what is, was it hard to get into wrestling? If so, what was the process? I mean, to find hard, it's obviously easier these days because we have regimented and official schools, which was not the way back in the day. But no, <laughs> it's not easy in the sense training to be a wrestler is one of the hardest things I've ever done. And then when you start having matches, you all of a sudden have to hit the reset button and you have to learn it all over again. It's, a, it's an incredible, incredibly difficult industry, but the rewards are also absolutely amazing. And it's why I don't like people criticizing wrestlers when they make mistakes going, they botched. Yes, you know, they did, they did an error, but trust me, it's because the level of skill they were trying to pull off was so high. People don't even get how hard it is to do a headlock takeover. That doesn't mean you can't have your opinions and you're allowed to shout whatever you want at the television screen. This is just my opinion. But every little thing in wrestling is so hard. And knowing when to do it and how to do it, really, really tough, but also really, really awesome. Kevin says, what wrestler would best play Hamlet in a one-night one event wrestling version? I mean, Danhausen. We all know that. CK says, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and Raw 30. What is it? 26. Chris says, Simon, what was your favorite match of last year? Well, the one that always springs to mind when people ask me is Seth versus Cody in Hell in a Cell. So that must have had a, an impact on me. Then I always go to Austin versus Owens at WrestleMania because I couldn't believe it happened and I was there live. Um, the Briscoes match with FTR, you know, that Ring of Honor show really was something truly special. Like it was, it was absolutely nuts. And there'll be other ones as well that I'm not thinking about right now. This is the problem. I mean, the MGF CM Punk stuff, absolutely incredible. And the, um, oh, what was it? The Okada Osprey match, absolutely incredible. This is the problem. You need to sit there with a list. But there were so many damn good ones. And the Osprey Orange Cassidy match. I loved that match. People get so mad at me. What do you want me to do? I loved it. Nothing I can do. The Fat Man says, who or what goes on your Mount Rushmore when it comes to underrated finishes? A strange question, but then again, we're all a bit strange. That's true. Thanks for what you do for all of us. You're more than welcome. Thank you for listening. Now, this is hard because I don't know what is determined as an underrated finisher. But the Rikishi driver will always go on there. I mean, it got banned. It was so crazy. Scott Steiner's screwdriver when it's a suplex into, I think it's called the screwdriver, the suplex into the pile driver. I mean, they're both the same move. I just can't believe people ever hit them. It blew my absolute brain. Um, I think the DDT is an underrated finisher because we've moved away from it being a finisher. And the sharpshooter or the scorpion deathlock. I always love both of those. C-Reel uh, says, I just want to send my condolences to the Briscoes. Very cool. Very nice. I think we should have all do that today. And Matt Moore says, do you have a match that you'd like to see this year? I have no idea how we get there, but I'd like to see Sami Zayn and KO versus Champa and Gargano. Well, I'd like to see that too. I mean, I do want to see Owens and Zayn versus the Usos. So maybe that could kick that off after Ciampa comes back. And obviously Gargano's injured as well. I would like to see... Well, I'd like to see Omega versus Punk, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, I'd like to see... Who else is out there right now that I'm really... I'd like to see the Young Bucks versus Hook and Jungle Boy, <laughs> genuinely. <coughs> I think that would rock. And I want to see Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, number two or three, whatever, you know, however you want to see it. So, yeah, I mean, there's loads. And I would have forgotten other ones uh, other ones as well. 
Uh, Ahmed says, who would be your dream opponent? Please say it's a triple threat match between yourself, Goldberg, and Adam Pearce. Well, you're almost there, but it's a four-way, and you put Cesaro. So that's Claudio in there, too. Keith says, what are the chances of Vince McMahon not having a huge creative impact on WrestleMania? I would say low. Um, I think he will be involved. Every day he seems to get more involved. Nick Khan obviously was on the offensive today, talking about Vince and how great he is. Let's just take it day by day and remember, okay, if it happens, so what? There's more important things in life. Srinjoy says, your favorite work shoot in the history of pro wrestling. I mean, the CM Punk promo, the pipe bomb, is probably up there. If that counts as a work shoot. Um, that's not really a work shoot. I was going to say that Matt Hardy and Edge stuff, but that was a shoot that they turned into a work. I don't know, that's a good question. Best wrestling worked shoots. I mean, is Google even going to be able to help me help me with this? Yeah, Brian Pillman should be up there. That one I totally agree with. They do have Matt Hardy versus Lita. Edge versus Lita. Well, kind of true. <coughs> um, yeah, I think the outsiders invading WCW. That was awesome. This list has Hulk Hogan versus Vince Russo. Absolutely not. That was gibberish from 2000. And I, I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm, never, I'm, never, I'm never going to like it. If you don't know that, we're not going to talk about it. Or maybe we will. If you want me to do specific wrestling podcasts when we go through stupid stuff in wrestling, tweet me at Simon316. If I get 25 tweets, I'll do it. This list has got the Montreal Screwjob on it. Yeah, we're moving past. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Jesse says, February 17th, Calgary Pavilion on Stampede Grounds. Have you been invited? No, that is my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Bruce says, have you enjoyed the FTR podcast and is the heat he is getting warranted? I don't think so. He's just being truthful and honest. I think Dax Hardwood feels like a guy that you could go and tell any you know issues that you had. No, I really enjoy the podcast. I think it's good. I appreciate his candidacy and his transparency and his honesty. You know, I can't speak on behalf of any locker rooms because I don't know. But no, I don't think he should be getting heat for it. He's honest. And I'd rather somebody was honest and said it to your face and said it behind your back. <laughs> That's when the true problems are. So <coughs> Excuse me. So no, I don't think it's a problem at all. Frederick says, do you think all the promo videos and advertising with Cody Rhodes kind of ruins his return? I was hoping for a surprise. Man, the pop he would have gotten. Fred, I, di I can't disagree with you more. And you're allowed your opinion, of course. But again, I said this all the time. Triple H 2002. He got a bigger pop because of the videos because we sent the fans into, a, into, a, into an insane rage. And we've had the surprise with Cody coming back at WrestleMania. We don't need to do it again. And maybe they have somebody in their books that's going to be an even bigger surprise. I like it. This is the way to do it. We don't do this enough. Let's use these videos. Let's use these vignettes. Let's tell people this is a big deal. You should be excited. Honestly, I tell you, I, I'm a big fan of that. And I, and I think this was the way to do it. And, you know, if you disagree, it's totally cool. But I'm confident he's going to come out to a massive reaction. And I hope he wins. I truly do. Joko says, what do you think about The Rock entering in the Rumble and Roman being afraid of having to face Mania, interrupting to keep him from winning? I'd hate that idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that to happen. I love Roman Reigns, and I think he genuinely is on a tear right now, but he can't be too involved all the time because it will get old eventually. It's just the way. Um, traffic, Traffic, Traffic says, where do you rank the Briscoes in the last 15 years of tag teams? I mean, top five. Got to be. I'd have to sit down there and think about that properly, but I mean, easily top five, if not top three. They, they rarely had bad matches. And when they found their feet, they were truly incredible. They just were. Uh, Oogie Boogie says, do you think the art of the dastardly heel is disappearing? Retaining championships via intentional DQ or countout, stretching feuds and forcing title changes, hands via any loss, not just pin or submission to allow more room to have the feud breathe and develop even further. I mean, no, because we have MJF and we have Baron Corbin. And I think both of those act like dastardly heels. But also I think you need to take on a case-by-case -case basis because... We all go, oh, this person should be more of a heel, but would we do it? 
Would we continue to yell at kids when they're right in front of our face and yell at people on social media? I don't think we would. Some people pretend they will, and then when they get a little bit of a heat, they back down. I know that because I see it every day on Twitter. Uh, Alex says, which of the current wrestlers have the potential to become the next GOAT even? Greatest of all time. Hmm, that's a very good question. Current wrestlers. I mean, I don't know whether we count Kenny Omega or not, but him, Young Bucks, them, MJF, he would be in that category, I would say. I think Roman Reigns is in that category because I think he's doing so well. I think of Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. <coughs> I know I'm spreading myself quite thin here, but in terms of people that could reach that next level or are already there, I would say all of them are in that bracket because what they do, they do better than everybody else. And I think that's why they become an argument. And Randy Orton too, I would say. You know, Randy Orton is a very specific style, but he's so good and he's so effortless to him. I think he'd actually, you know, he'd definitely be a contender. Jason says, one wrestler who's never won a world title that should have been a world champion before. Uh, Ted DiBiase, Razor Ramon, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. They're the three main ones. Owen Hart too. There's the four. Guerrero says, not going to happen, but hypothetically, a WWE-AEW merger does go down. Would we get Dino Raw? <laughs> like Dynamite and Raw, I hope so. What other shows, PLE names, can you think of? I mean, I'm not going to be very good at this. You could, so we've got All Out. We've got All Out. What shows do we have? Summer Slam. So you could have Summer Out. That'd be good. There you go. You know, Out for Summer. You could get... Uh... Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> I just heard what I said. <laughs> I don't know. You have to get WrestleMania, full gear, WrestleMania, gear mania, wrestle full, wrestle full. <laughs> I can't do this game. I'm sorry, Guerrero. It's a good question, but my brain is not there right now. It's going to be terrible. Samo says, will you be number 30 in the Royal Rumble? Of course. Don't give it away. Don't tell anybody. Uh, Hunter says, if you were to join WWE, could you self-join the Banger Bros? <laughs> For obvious reasons. Look, man, if I was part of the Banger Bros, my career is going pretty damn well, right? Right. Samer says, is Shawn Michaels better than Bret Hart? The answer is yes, by the way. Laugh emoji, laugh emoji, laugh emoji. Only you can answer that, my friend. Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler ever. But even I would not sit here and say that one is better than the other because Shawn Michaels was amazing at what he did and Bret Hart was amazing at what he did. The coolest thing about both those guys is you could put them into any era of wrestling and they would find a way to make it work. Shawn Michaels was a gateway into everything we have now, but so is Bret. Look at wrestlers like Brian Danielson or Kurt Angle. You know, it's pure Bret Hart. So that's why they're two of the best ever because they brought a certain style to the table and they absolutely smashed it. Truly, truly incredible. Ike Burke says, Hey, Simon, <coughs> excuse me, not wrestling related, but what is your favorite and least favorite exercise in the gym? Uh, my favorite is probably what I look forward to doing. Lap pull downs I enjoy or a pull up. And I do not like doing lunges. I do do them because they're amazing for you, but I kind of hate them. And if I never had to do them again, I wouldn't mind. Uh, Thruston says, you've been told you'll be coming out as number one in the Royal Rumble. What type of entrance are you making? You can have pyro too. Well, I just walked to the ring. You've got to sell number one. When you walk to the ring, you cannot do a traditional entrance. I know that WWE superstars do, but I think you should sell the fact, oh no, I've got number one. I've got 60 minutes to try to get through. 29 other people. How am I going to do this? I don't know. Sell the story, man. It's the most important thing. <coughs> Lewis says, how did you get into wrestling? I just saw, <coughs> man, this is not good. <coughs> My apologies. I just saw it on wrestling uh, on TV one day and thought it was great. It was Bret Hart wrestling, which ties into what we were talking about earlier. He put someone in the sharpshooter. He was wearing pink and black. And I was like, that's a very interesting color combination. And in terms of how I got into it, in terms of doing it, I just went to Al Snow's Wrestling Academy. And bless Al Snow. Without him, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. That man helped me loads. Uh, Uga says, who do you think will win this year's Money in the Bank? Whew, good question. I mean, Drew McIntyre, maybe, just because it's over here, or maybe a Sheamus. Um... 
And Alexa Bliss, I could see if she doesn't win at the Royal Rumble, but then are you kind of done with her? I don't know. I think that's impossible to answer because we need to know where we're at this summer. We need to see what's going to happen at WrestleMania. That really is an impossible question. A Sami Zayn could win it. A Kevin Owens. It depends who the champion is. Crescendo says, what wrestling moves are overly used? It shouldn't be part of anyone's moveset. Well, I don't think it, any, I think you should get rid of moves altogether. But I would say the Canadian Destroyer is probably overdone. The dive is probably overdone. The Spanish Fly is probably overdone. However, do I always enjoy seeing them? Yes. So what do I know? Nothing. <coughs> Poppersphere says, what are your thoughts on the Street Profits actually joining the Hurt Business instead of Benjamin X Alexander? Maybe MVP was actually helping them on Raw. I personally would love a heel turn for them and a Hurt Business with the Street Profits would be fire. I wouldn't mind it, but I think the Street Profits have something right now because Angelo Dawkins has got so much better and Montez Ford is just awesome. And they're over with the fans. I don't think this is the right time to turn them, especially because you do have Benjamin and Alexander who are going to benefit from being part of the Hurt Business more than the Street Profits. So I just don't think it's the right time. I think you could probably do it down the line, but I don't think you should do it now. I don't think it's going to help. I think we should come up with a cool uh, story for the Street Profits and, and get them rocking and rolling because they, they really are special. All Things Wrestling. Good question. I should have talked about this. What do you think the real reason behind Stephanie McMahon stepping away? I don't know. And I don't think any of us know, and I don't want to speculate too much, but you can only figure that, and this has been hinted at, that she didn't, she found it somewhat difficult to work with her dad, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and decided, <coughs> you know what, it's not worth it anymore. And more power to her. That takes a lot of strength. All the rumors and reports say that Stephanie was really good to work for, so it is a massive shame, but it's a family affair. I don't want to dip my toe in. Uh, dip my toe in too much uh, wrestling scenario says no question just want to say goofy wrestling for life damn right t-shirt now available pro wrestling forward slash simon miller paul says there's a big roar on monday how do you see the reigns acknowledgement playing out what do you think of the rock's mum turning hot but not acknowledging reigns causing him to get mad at her this could lead to the rock's return i mean that would be a bit cheesy but i'd be all right with it the rock could even be there I mean, Rikishi's going to be there, and obviously um, the Anna Wais are going to be there. That makes perfect sense. I would imagine this is more about Sami Zayn than The Rock. At least I hope it is. Maybe this is even when we get the turn. I do think it will be awesome, though, because WWE has not dropped the ball with that at all. EVG says, the idea of seeing Simon Miller versus The Hurricane versus Danhausen versus Gilberg would destroy the universe. Just wanted to say that, and all my dreams would also come true. John Bear says, what are your thoughts of blood blading in modern wrestling? Regardless of who's doing them, it's a very controversial subject. Well, look, if men are allowed to blade, women are allowed to blade. I couldn't believe the fallout from that Rampage match. Get a grip, people. It doesn't make any difference. Don't be so ridiculous. You don't have to like blood. And you can think maybe Ruby Soho bled too much. She bladed too deep, whatever you want to say. But if you're happy for men to do it, women are allowed to do it too. It's 2023. Stop being an absolute goober. It's stupid. Stupid argument. On the flip side, if you don't like it at all, I totally understand it. It's grotesque. It's brutal. It's violent. And if you don't like that kind of emotion, you're not going to buy into it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the best way it was put to me was by Al Snow. And, I, and I, I mean, I've never bladed, but he said, you know, the reason he doesn't blade anymore. He didn't say that. He said in general, he doesn't think the reason people should blade anymore is because nine times out of ten, the audience you have, and he used these percentages, but I don't think he meant it specifically, is that 50% of the people in there is going to be hardcore fans. And they're never going to think you're going to blade. This is true. People go, I didn't blade. They probably just use a blood capsule because people don't think we do that anymore. The other 50% are casual fans. They have no idea what you're doing. They don't know what blading is. So you may as well just use a blood capsule. Because if you use a blood capsule and 50% of the people are no wise, none the wiser, then you're fine. And if the other 50% think you're using a blood capsule anyway, well, you may as well prove them right. But ultimately, they're human beings. And they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want to do. And I don't get to have an opinion on it. Because no one could come up to me and say, Simon, you shouldn't cut your head open. It's my head. If I want to do it, I'll do it. So far, I've never done it. Probably never will. 
Russell says, please, please tell us what is the hardest part of the ring. You know this, the ring apron. Caleb says, pancakes or waffles? Actually, waffles. Who knew? Miles says, who is your favorite bald wrestler? I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Daytona says, I know you don't like to leave people out when naming people that have helped influence you, but is there one in particular on the indie scene that has helped you develop your style and understand the psychology of wrestling? I mean, it ties into what we say earlier. I don't want to mention that. You're right, because I don't want to leave people out. But there have been many, and people have been very kind to me and given me feedback and given me education and given me lessons. But I suppose the number one guy would be Al Snow, because again, without him, I wouldn't even be able to do a flip bump. So he would always be top of my list. Uh, Ivan says, who do you attribute your wrestling style to? <clears throat> the 1980s. <laughs> That's what. Travis says, what is the softest part of the ring? The middle part, obviously. The ring apron's the hardest part. The further you go away from it, the further you can go away with it before you start going back to the ring apron is the middle. So it's the middle. Weird how everybody slams it there. Howie says, can you see Dominic Mysterio being a singles champion in 2023? I see or US title, perhaps. I hope so. You should always go with the momentum and you should always go with the reaction. And right now the condom is killing it. I would be a big fan of that. I hope it happens. Greg says, hey, Simon, I'm praying for the Matt Cardona uh, in the Raw Rumble. Whilst Cody Rhodes is the only man standing. Give us a moment that will make us feel all warm and fuzzy in our tum-tums. Do you see this happening? I mean, maybe not the Cody Rhodes thing. But do I see Matt Cardona coming back probably in the Rumble? Do you know? I think I do. I think I would make that call. I think I'm doing it right now. Ryan says, hey, Simon, sorry if you've answered before, but how did you get started in wrestling, as in contacting your first promotion and so on? Well, I went and trained at Al Snow's Wrestling Academy, as we've talked about, and I was very lucky, obviously, because at the time, <coughs> what culture had the defiant promotion, and they were happy to book me, which was very, very good. And for a good while, I was exclusive to them, mostly because I was terrified and nervous, and eventually realized you have to spread your wings. So I just started emailing people and emailing promotions. And for very, very low money, I went and wrestled for those promotions, but I wanted to get better. I wanted to learn. I wanted to get my reps in. I wanted to get that experience. And you soon realize this is a barrel of laughs too. So that's all it was. Uh, you know, again, I was very, very lucky, very, very blessed with the what culture stuff. But then I just sent my CV out, as you would do for any job. And thankfully, people booked me. And now somehow here we are, and I've been doing it for years. Kind of crazy, right? You can achieve your dreams. Seg Segnio says, what's the best possible outcome for the Judgment Day? I feel like they are catching a stride. The whole new prison dom gimmick is hilarious. And I really think they're going to have Rhea start wrestling guys. I mean, they certainly could. I hope they win the tag team titles down the line. I wouldn't do it at the moment because I want Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to get them. But I mean, as you've said, they've got the momentum at the moment. So let's just keep it going. Let's just keep doing that over and over and over again. And if it does wear thin, then change it up. But actually, I think they're going to get better and better if we keep doing what we are doing, especially how they all treat Dominic. So yeah, maybe a title run in the summer and you can probably carry this group on through to the end of the year. They are really, really good. Darren says, are WWE and AEW getting boring <coughs> by putting belts on class favorites? No, I don't think so. I don't even I don't even know what that would mean. I mean, people. I mean, what's wrong with being a class favorite? Usually, if you're a class favorite, it's because you do something good. No, I don't mind. I don't mind um, anyone that's champion right now. I don't think it's boring at all. I like all of it. Uh, Andy says, "Why is the surprise roll up not everyone's finished? Since it's the most devastating move in all of wrestling." It is Andy. <laughs> do you not watch the show? Literally, everybody has done it. The Midcard Wrestling Podcast says, "Do you think Cody Rhodes would be where he is right now if it wasn't for AEW?" I mean, no. He would tell you that, though. That's why he left. He knew he had to reinvent himself, and he did. That's why his story is so damn cool. If he does win the WWE title, his whole plan came off. Very inspiring, that man. He smashed it. Baronessa has a very interesting question. When are you going to fight Chris Danger? Well, Baronessa, sometimes the world works in funny ways. 
I would keep an eye on this space and keep everything crossed. Slovakia says, are you buying WWE? Wink emoji, wink emoji, laugh emoji. If I could afford it, I would. Trust me, I cannot. And also, when are you debuting in New Japan as part of a tag team? Zero fucks with Tamatonga. I would love that. Bless that man, Tamatonga. He is a good dude. David says, <laughs> here we go. If Bray Wyatt is such a subpart in-ring performer, oh no, sorry, according to social media, then let him be a mouthpiece for a faction. With that said, who would be in your Wyatt family? Wyndham Six Faction, by the way, you don't have to be six. Well, I don't think he is a subpart in, in, in ring performer. He is a performer all round, and he approaches that in every single spooky wooky way. I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. <coughs> I think we talked about this earlier. I would do Bray Wyatt. I would do Uncle Howdy, who is Bo Dallas. I would do Alexa Bliss. I would bring back Eric Rowan, and I think that's enough. There's your four. I liked Eric Rowan and the Wyatt family, and I never thought we treated the Wyatt family in the right way anyway, so let's do it again. So I would have those four, but no like WrestleMania 36 or 37 shenanigans with Randy Orton and Black Goo and uh, box-like structures. That sucked. <laughs> Don't do that. I didn't like it at all. The Internet Police. Uh-oh. No question. Just wanted to say I'm a big fan. Keep up the good work, Baldy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, and I am bald. Uh, MFBMJ says, hey, Simon, hope you are covered and doing good. Well, I still got this cough. My question is why you have a unique way of scissoring. Your hands will be like, and then you've done the Vulcan sign instead of the scissor sign. Ha ha. Don't get my question wrongly. Well, that's mostly because I do that stuff ad bit in the moment and you just go crazy. Yeah, you know, do the scissoring your way. That's, um, that's the way to do it. Uh, Mark says, I love you, Simon Miller, and your video about Jay Briscoe. I will be taking the day to not troll or be on ass on Twitter to let anyone have a positive day on such a dark time. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I did do that video. And it, it, again, like I said, if it affects one person, sweet. So good for you, Mark. I appreciate it. The Mahonster has no um, <laughs> subtlety at all. He said, how big is Batista's dick? It's massive. It's so big it could kill you. There you go. Kanye says, oh boy, why do your British use pounds for money and American use pounds for weight? It's very confusing for Canadians. Dude, it's confusing for people over here too. Let's not get into it. And finally, to the SARS says, if you were signed to AEW or WWE, would you change your persona? I'd personally love to see you keep doing the ups and downs and tie it into your character. Well, it wouldn't be my choice, would it? Maybe more so in AEW than WWE. But as I always say, I know it's boring. Snore, snore, snore. If I can make it to WWE or AEW, I've done pretty damn well. I think we can all agree with that. Will it happen? We just don't know. We will have to watch this space. Right. That's the majority of the questions. Thank you to everyone who did send one in. Thank you to everyone listening as well. Uh, it sucked today uh, in terms of what the day has been. So thoughts and good feelings to you all. Um, I won't do any more plugs. I probably shouldn't have done plugs earlier, you know, thinking about it. So I'll apologize for that. But I was just trying to have some fun. I hope you can understand. But I will draw, I will draw a line under it there. More importantly, go hug someone today. Go tell them you love them. Go be nice. Go be positive. Go enjoy the, your life and try and fill your heart with as much joy as possible because we just don't know. We wake up and we assume we're going to be okay, but we, we never do know. And let's hope that none of us ever have to go through what the Briscoe family has gone through. So thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. I'll speak to you soon.